Good morning, everybody. First day of the new financial year. And welcome to all our new members. End of financial year is a very busy time for us. I have done a podcast welcoming new members. You will see that at the top of the newsletter today. Might be of interest to existing members as well, telling a bit of the story of Marcus today. Anyway, Dow Jones up 210 overnight. Our market at one point was up over 60 points yesterday and closed up 12. It just died into the closing auction, dropping 12 points in the last minute. It seems the end of financial year dash was a flash in the pan. And certainly seems so today. With the ASX 200 down 27 this morning, all the banks taking a bit of a half a percent dip. Resources down a touch as well. That's despite the iron ore price up 2%, the oil price up 0.4%, copper up 0.6%. So a quiet rather bland start to the beginning of the financial year, which is in stark contrast to last financial year. I have put some stats in the top of the strategy piece today, which show you the performance of indices, sectors and commodities over the last 12 months. And this is a simply phenomenal set of numbers for the equity markets around the world. Our market has been up 26.39% on the all odds and 2399 on the ASX 200 in the last financial year, which means fund managers are going to have no shortage of marketing material for their end of year brochures this year. It is, of course, based on a 12-month comparison from the lows of the market. Well, they weren't quite the lows, but the lows of the market in June last year, which has flattered everything. So the US market, Dow Jones up 33%, S&P up 38%, NASDAQ up 44%. European markets, UK up 14%, Germany 26 and so it goes on. You can see all the numbers in there. And some fabulous sector performances as well. Amazingly, I'll give you some sector performances in Australia. The utility sector against a market up 26%. Utility sector down 22% last year. Gold down 19%. Food and beverage down 15 Pharmaceuticals down 1.3%. Best performing sectors in their f- consumer discretion media and entertainment, technology, automobiles. That's mostly, I think that sector's only GUD and ARB, but up 81% in the last year. Banks up 45%, can you believe it? And commodities as well. Iron ore price up 108% in the last financial year and resources up 23.99%. Smack in line with the ASX 200. Anyway, don't let me bore you with numbers. They are all in the strategy piece today for those who want to ruminate on what could have been last year. What we're more interested in, of course, is what's going to happen next year or this year. It's a good time to have a look at those post-it notes. If you can or have seen the recent article on post-it notes, click on the article section at the top of the newsletter. This is a good time to think about if there are a few little post-it notes that you could stick on your trading screen today that would make the next year much easier. Little messages that would cut through all the research, all the words, all the blah, 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 and make this year a 
a lot more profitable and simple than what would those post-it notes say. So last year, they just would have said, be fully invested, buy the recovery, the banks will bounce, the iron ore price is going up, cyclical stocks are going to fly, avoid golden utilities. That's what the post-it notes would have said last year. So what about this year? We will revisit that next week. All right, not much going on in our market, down 27 now. Banks down, we've had some trade numbers that haven't disturbed anybody. There's lots of research about the AGL demerger process. That could be a catalyst for AGL to be resurrected from an awful year for them. Australian Rare Earths, AR3, I think it is, has debuted on the stock market today, listed at 30 cents, has jumped 60%. Lendlease has had a bit of a profits warning, dropped around 4 or 5%, and a few other goings on, but nothing moving prices too dramatically. Right, strategy summary today. I mean, we're not changing strategy settings on the back of the overnight movements in the market. Our market's really very relaxed. It's still very much in uptrend. But as we think about post-it notes for next year, I can't help thinking that as these deviant strains of the virus and a less than perfect vaccine rollout continue, possibly the most important theme for the next six months or so is that this assumption that we are going to see a seamless economic recovery globally and particularly domestically are being questioned. The message from government is that COVID is here to stay and they are usually the slowest to, to wake up to these things. COVID looks like it is here to, say, to stay, in which case international travel is going to be slow to return both domestically and globally. Apart from the trans-Tasman bubble, the US-Euro travel bubble is also under threat from mutant deviance as well. Government's told as population growth is going to slow. If there's no immigration, it will slow. And immigration has always added a premium to Australian GDP numbers. And it's provided a growth kicker for us compared to the rest of the world for decades. That may be coming to an end. That has also also always been a great stimulus for particularly the new housing market. So lower growth, less immigration. Stimulus has almost certainly peaked globally and domestically. Government debt's going to remain high. Budget Budget deficit's going to be with us for a lot longer than government expectations 12 months ago. We've had a host of GDP upgrades, and you've got to begin to think that the GDP momentum is in the price. Almost every strategist, politician, and central bank, the Treasury, RBA, FOMC, OECD, banks, brokers, strategists, have all been upgrading their GDP numbers as recent GDP numbers have hit records as they roll through the 12-month comparison with the lows last year. That momentum looks like it's going to be peaking, especially if COVID is going to stay with us. So GDP numbers are going to do what the central banks say. It may well be what the central banks were saying about peak inflation and peak growth rather than just being a convenient manufactured central bank message designed to calm the markets about interest rates. This transitory inflation message might actually be what is happening or will happen in the next six months anyway. And if you go to look at the bond market and you'll see the charts in the strategy piece, interest rates in the US and Australia are firmly on the slide. And the bond market is much bigger than the equity market and much more efficient at distilling all economic expectations into one clear instrument, which is interest rates. And what the bond market is clearly telling us is that barring some central bank surprise, growth and inflation have probably peaked. And on that basis, interest rates have peaked as well. So this is possibly the theme for the next six months that we have seen peak growth 
peak inflation, peak interest rates. And we have to think about what that means for the market. And I've written in the strategy section today what that does mean for sectors. I won't go through it all. You can have a look there. But it's not good for cyclical sectors, not good for consumer discretionary sectors, probably not good for the housing market. Low Low interest rates are good, but you really need consumer confidence to keep this momentum in the housing market. So I'm guessing that that's going to top out a little bit, lose a bit of momentum. I think for the banks as well, whilst lower interest rates feed through to higher valuations and in a growing economy, higher rates are bad for banks and lower rates are good because of simply because of valuation considerations, a lower discount rate in your DCF model means bank valuations go up. But I think when interest rates are this low, It's not good for the banks. They don't have a margin and lower interest rates impact earnings and therefore dividends, in which case I think if we do have slower growth, slower inflation, lower interest rates, you might just find the banks lose their current momentum and go quite dull. That scenario also quite good or okay for interest rate sensitive sectors. Those with a lot of debt are going to be lower risk in a low interest rate environment. It's okay for non-cyclical sectors, defensive sectors, for instance, it's probably okay for resources which which are a bit immune from Australian growth anyway. So dependent are they on China. So resources will weave their own path, I think, depending on Chinese growth. So not too bad for them. Gold probably not great for them. They like infl- gold stocks like inflation. They're in, they've seen seen as an inflation hedge, and that's why they rallied recently. So this scenario suggests no inflation, bit neutral, negative for gold. But what it will be good for is you would have thought, international stocks in particular, the Aussie Aussie dollar is cyclical. It's a commodity currency. If the cycle, global economic cycle peaks out, cyclical currencies fall, commodity currencies fall, and that means the Aussie dollar falls. So we are likely to see, if this plays out, as the bond market is suggesting, we are likely to see a lower Aussie dollar. That plays out well for international investments, international stocks, and our own domestic international stocks. Probably pretty good for cyclical international stocks. It's also probably quite good for defensive value income stocks. If there isn't this cyclical growth kicker for everyone to play in, they'll go back to value defensive sectors. And what this scenario would be good for is individual growth stocks. When the market goes quiet, it homes in on any growth opportunities, as we've seen previously in things like milk powder and buy now, pay later and more recently online retail. If there are stocks that are growing, the market will throw too much or they will attract an undeserved level of attention. So individual stories, there will be two or three major stocks for the year and we need to seek those out. Bottom line is, I think the focus goes to international stocks probably. It may well be a good time to look for international stocks and therefore it might be a good time to look at some of those international international ETFs over things like the S&P or the NASDAQ. You want unhedged ones, though. I think thinking of the Asia ETF, which provides exposure to those big Chinese technology stocks. Either way, we're trying to distill what it means for our strategy settings. I'm not sure it means too much for our equities versus cash ratio. If anything, it might favor equities a little bit. The market, if it's got its low growth bit between the teeth, might just 
correct, but I think it's going to be lower risk, less risk of a precipitous collapse, but it will get a bit boring. In which case, especially with a falling Aussie dollar, you might start to look overseas for a bit of action. And you could do that in ETFs or you could do that in some of our big international stocks. And of course, you've got to be on the lookout for the stocks that are bucking the no growth trend. They will see a lot of attention. Right, that's about that. Bit of a waffle. Sorry to new members. I don't usually waffle like that. But it is a good time to look at the big themes in the market. And that, I thought, lower growth, lower inflation, lower interest rates could be the theme for the next six months, which doesn't exactly excite. But there you go. Right. More interesting today, I've put in the spreadsheet of the one stock portfolio picks that you have made listed in order of how they've performed in the last few days. And unsurprisingly, Henry's pick AXE and my pick POS are top of the pop so far. We did pick them a couple of days before everyone else. AXE is up 33%, beside Nickel up 26%, bottom of the list at the moment, bet makers down 17%. Anyway, have a look at those. I will monitor those. If you want to still send me your one stock portfolio pick, there's a link to email me in the strategy piece today. Send it along. I'll add it to the spreadsheet and we'll revisit that list occasionally to see who is a genius and who is a banana. Okay, that's about it. Market rising a little bit as I leave you down 13 now. It's been down 35 at its low. As I say, not much going on. Dow Jones futures, as I leave you, up 63, which is remotely positive. Welcome to all our new members. If you're not a member and you're happening to listen to this podcast, go and subscribe, you cheapskate. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you soon.